Get off your seat and shake that thing around. Get down. Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. What's up, what's up, what's up? Wednesday, June 21st. It's the first day of summer. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. I'm in the studio fresh on the campus of Old Dominion University from WODU Studios. In this, We are, we are packed today. We are really packed. Mm-hmm. We have Coach Ellis Crumb from the hit show The Rules. Whoa. Welcome Whoa. to the show. Thank you, Will. Thank we you. have the very beautiful, my um, college alum, Miss Jody Slaughter. And then we have the world's famous Mr. Corey Taylor, who's going to be back on the show. He's on the show tonight. What's up, Corey? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. Of course, we have Miss Nikki Curry. Now, she's going to try to do this this, this dashboard again. The, the Pray for her. Pray for her. Shut your hands for her. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. My gosh. How's everybody doing? Good. This hot. Is it a hot day for the first day of summer? Yeah. It's hot. It's hot for me. I don't like the heat. I don't like the heat. Me either. I like the snow. Bring back oh, winter. Are you serious? I don't, I don't think I like the snow. I, fall is my favorite time of the year. I'll take, I'll take fall. You take fall? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how's everybody week going so far? This midweek hump day, as they call it? Yes, hump day. Busy, busy. busy. I had some great news today. So I'm, I'm you did? Yes. Share did it. Share it. Share it. Um, one of my shows I finally sold, so I'm happy about that. Awesome. All right. For the past few weeks, so I'm very happy awesome. about that. You know, I'm really happy about that. So you got some big things. Okay, so we're going to talk to you, to you a lot a little bit later on about some things. Um, even cut the check. Cut the check. <laughs> That's next? That's what you're waiting for, the paper. The finality, huh? Yeah. 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 Man, okay, so, you know, it's a lot of things going on. We have a good show for you tonight. We have um, Core. We're going to talk to Core. This is, this is, you said it's Men's Health. I thought month. that was last month. Nope. Nope, this month. No, this okay. month. was stroke awareness month. Yes. This month is men's, men's health month. Men's health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to Corey about his situation that happened. Corey, you're looking good. Thanks, man. You're yeah. looking good. I know you've had your journey. We've had you on the show before talking about it, yeah. but we're going to catch up with you. Okay. Um, and then we have a couple more people coming on the show. We have Miss, um, what is her name? Colette, how do you, Cray, Cray. Cray, Crayden? Mm-hmm. She's going to talk about embracing your singleness. I need to hear about that. 
What about you? Are oh, you I'm married? I'm not embracing it. Not, not yet, but I'm on the journey to fulfilling <laughs> the dream that God placed in my heart. Okay. Uh, okay. Of being a missus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I am embracing my singleness. Are and, you? And I'm loving, I'm loving this season of my life because it's preparing me for the next season. Okay. I wish I could believe that crap, but I can't. <laughs> you know I, what? I, that's not and my I, testimony. And I understand that, but it's been a journey to get here, Will, honestly. Okay. So you didn't yeah. just pop up. Oh, you... no. Okay. I was mad at Jesus, mad at my mama, yeah. mad at my daddy, mad at the guy who should have married me. Yeah. But ended up mm. marrying somebody else. Thank God that he saved me from that mess. Uh-huh. But yeah, okay, yeah. And then we have Miss Jessica Castro, who's a TV reality star. Um, she's going to talk to us about her situation um, on that hit show. Um, she, yeah, that hit show. Just to be careful, but she's going to come on a little bit later on. So let's jump right into some of the things that's been going on. We were chatting in the chat um, room on Facebook, and I got these guys kind of upset. Coach, <laughs> yes, Coach kind of got out of character. I just asked a simple question. Just wanted to know, and we were in the car, so people were just throwing the word around and it just hit me. You know, it was, I, I was kind of in my feelings, as they say. Mm. How do you guys feel about being called the N-word? <clears throat> you know, there are people who are saying that, you know, we could take that, the power back, that, you know, we can turn that around. I think Jay-Z said it. I think Ice Cube said it. Um, how do you feel about being called that, Coach? Now is your time. Well, first of all, I ain't going to be called that. You're not going to be called? Just be clear. They may secretly think it, mm-hmm. but it will not come out their mouth. So, not around me. so anybody, anybody. It, from your own race, oh. anybody, really? Would gonna, you stop somebody? Oh, we're gonna have a transformational conversation <laughs> about this. A transformation? That's, that sounds long. Right. It's gonna be long, deep, and hard. <laughs> really? You gonna give them history and all that? Right. We we gonna go. We gonna break it all the uh-huh. way down. I'm gonna break it down like a shotgun because you cannot be empowered mm-hmm. by embracing the things that hinder you. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we empower, we overcome. Mm-hmm. We don't embrace. Mm-hmm. I'm an old soldier. Mm-hmm. When I, when they tell me to go overcome the enemy, mm-hmm. I ain't hugging them. Okay. Okay. And folks that folks try to repurpose in order to rewrite history, and there's something inherently wrong about desensitizing us to the things that we're supposed to be sensitive to. What happens when we take the word, we normalize it, and it becomes part of our mm-hmm. regular lexicon. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it loses its sting. It's supposed to make people feel better. But just because they feel better doesn't mean that they know better. And we really should be after knowledge, not after you know good feelings. So you don't agree with the fact that because that word was used to harm us. And back in the days, um, I, w- I was listening to Oprah explaining. She was talking about a book. And they were saying that this family had gotten lynched, like all down right. to the babies up to the adults. And they were yelling the N-word at them. And she was like, everybody wants to take the power back. But it's too late for those people. That's our heritage. So you don't feel like when the rappers say that we can own that, we can take that back so that they can't use that against us anymore. You don't believe that? No, I think what it does, it, it denigrates the sacrifices of the people who died to okay. make sure that, that we didn't have to hear that word. Okay. okay. Um, you know, it, it, it is a derogatory word. Mm-hmm. It is straight from the pits of hell. Okay. And, you know, just because you put uh, lipstick on a gorilla, doesn't make it any less of a gorilla. You're right. I've tried. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. What, what do you think, Jody? You know, I have a problem with the word. And I, you know, so I grew up in a, a place in southwestern Virginia uh-huh. where they use that word towards us frequently. And I remember the day that other KKK, Other persuasions? Yes. Okay. And I remember the day that KKK marched in downtown. 
mm. where I'm from, Pulaski, Virginia, and we couldn't go to town that day. And my parents had to sit us on the couch. And I remember the pain in my father's eye as he told us, there are some people who are going to hate you because of the color of your skin. And I remember the first time I was ever called the N-word, and we literally had a race riot at my school where they had really? to shut the school down and had police officers. And there were these black kids who got stabbed and literally almost died. And so... I think, you know, back to what Oprah said, I think that we can render the word powerless without making it a part of our everyday vocabulary. And I think rendering it powerless doesn't mean that we have to use it and throw it around. Mm -hmm. um, um, it doesn't have to be a part of our vernacular in order for that to happen. And so, um, yes, I've had to educate people on what the N-word really is and why you should not ever call me the N-word because mm. it just would not be a, a, it wouldn't be a good thing. Corey? Because really? Listen, so y'all don't go in the barbershop and then say, what's up? Y'all stop there? I don't do the barbershop well, because, you know. And I will stop using that barbershop. Really? Oh, yeah, how you going to cut my hair if you have no respect for the hair? Sometimes just because you know better doesn't mean that you always do better. True. When you've been doing something for, for so, so long, long. Mm -hmm. right. it is hard. Because it's it. a process. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I forget with my friends and the word does slip out. Right, right. You know, I don't say it openly and... and um, in public places like that. In public places right. like that. But if I'm texting somebody, if I'm talking to somebody on the phone, if I'm among some of my friends, and it's, it's horrible. I can't even lie. But for someone to has been using it for so long to try to say that they no longer use it, I will be sitting up here lying to you all because I don't use it on a regular basis. But the fact that I use it at all, it mm -hmm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, just hearing them, it's going to make me um, be more conscious of using that word. Yeah. And I appreciate your honesty. And I think that's part of the conversation that we need to have. It needs to be an honest dialogue because I know plenty of people who, who use it in their everyday language like it's, you know, like it's yeah. a word to be used every day. and But I can respect the fact that that's where you are. Well, people, I just like people being real. Right. Because change don't come overnight. If you've been smoking all your life, I mm -hmm. hate when people say, well, I just one day just stopped quitting. Yeah, in front of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what was the real process? You know yes. It is a process. It is. And if you, if you skip the process, then what's going to happen? You're going to have to repeat the process. Right. You're going to fall back into that habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, but I'm, I'm working on it. And yeah, but, but part of the thing is starting the process. Yeah. Many of us we 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 get into this habit, and we and we don't want to stop. Start start the process of stopping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a very stark, uh, aggressive, in-your-face approach mm -hmm. to say that ain't cool. Right now, when we, when we begin to normalize and think it's all good, it's all cool, then then you know folks continue with that way. How do kids learn this? Right. By watching older kids, oh, yes, they, yeah. they hear it, right? You know, watching your mom and dad do it. Well, mom and dad, stop. But stop. Let me say this: it's just like going to church and you hear a pastor preach on one topic over hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of words in our vocabulary that we shouldn't say, but we say them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, I was a yellow strumpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! If, if, and if I, I know what that means. Yeah. yeah. If, if I have no idea. If if um um I mean just. So many words that people right. use, and they still use them now without even thinking mm -hmm. yeah. about them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just giving that as an example. So there are a lot of words in mm -hmm. our vocabulary mm -hmm. that just the N-word that yeah. should be taken out, mm -hmm. that we use on a regular basis, mm -hmm. that we have gotten so used to that, you know, 
um, we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just like to keep it real. And so it part, of, part, part of keeping it real, though, why there are a lot of words we shouldn't use, it doesn't make using this word any better. Right. Instead of saying, you know, you know, so a lot of people will say that because there are other things we shouldn't use, what's the big deal about this one? Well, they're all a big deal. Right. So, you know, let's stop this one. And when we get this one lit, we go on to the next one. But you eat an elephant one bite at a right. time. We start with this word right. and, and, and this mindset that makes it okay to spit on, to step on, to stomp mm-hmm. on the graves of the millions of African Americans who have died in this country right. and have been subject to that particular word. And if we are not comfortable with people who don't look like us saying it to us, then mm-hmm. why are we so comfortable right. using it right. with one another? Because it still means the same thing. It absolutely still means the same thing. But what we have to understand is that no two people think alike. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk to about somebody, you can talk to someone about using that word until they see you blue in their face. But until the light bulb comes on for them, mm-hmm. they're still going to use it. Right. So true. And I you think know. it, our experience surrounding the word, you know, growing yeah. up in a place where I was called that, and at that point, didn't know what it was and had to go home and ask my parents because those weren't words we used in our house. They weren't words we heard in our house. And realizing that people hated me because of the color of my skin and my life was always going to look like that. So it means something different to me than it means to someone else who's never had that experience. Yeah, so so, yeah. Someone, so someone like me who, you know, first time I heard the word was in the movie Roots. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the first time I heard it. And so for me... Um, living in an environment where that word never came up. And I didn't hear it addressed to me until I was in college. And it, it, it was one of those things that was very rude awakening. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it impacted me in such a way that I became an advocate of just destroying that word. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think that's important because it goes back to your experience. And yeah. I think some of the, some people have never had an experience with that word. They just think it's cool and they use it like they use other words that they probably shouldn't be saying in their regular common language every day with their friends. And so they think in that context that it's okay and it's cool. But if one of their classmates came up to them who did not look like them and used that word, it, what would happen? It would be on and popping. And I don't even know if kids say that anymore. But they would have a problem. And so we have to look at it across all cultural contexts. I agree with you because if I'm at a light and if I see a Caucasian at the light next to me bumping music, you know, mm-hmm. playing a rap, I'm just looking at them like, what? I mean, why are you doing that? You know, do you know what you're listening to? Do you know what the meaning is from? You. Do you really know about the artist? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, you know, um, how can I say it? Because I don't want to offend anyone. Um, Go ahead and say it. No, no, no. I'm not going to offend anyone because no two people think I can't tell you what you need, what you need to be saying, and what you have to be saying because we only see what we want to see. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that none of us should be doing. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that it ain't just saying the N word. There mm-hmm. are, are a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is in front of me and they're saying something that I don't agree with, I don't understand. I am going to say something, but then I look like I see a lot of stuff and they offend people all the time because mm-hmm. I'm very sarcastic. That's just my yeah. personality. But that does not excuse me from saying right. the N-word. I want to go back to the It's a process. And matter of fact, because we're talking about it tonight, I'm going to be more conscious. There's a good friend of mine who's watching now. I, I say it to him all the time. Mm-hmm. Not, not even purposely mm-hmm. um, um, trying to call him out his name. It's mm-hmm. just in a joking way. Mm-hmm. But really not knowing the effect of his 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry. And and so yes, yeah, so now it has become a term of endearment. It's just like when really? girls hang out and they call each other the B word. That shouldn't even happen either. But you I gotta and, stop saying that too. Yeah, oh, to me you do. <laughs> Will Strayhorn, maybe you're okay with it. But okay. to me, I, my girlfriends and I don't go around throwing a, the the B word around, and we're not bees. Oh. We don't disrespect each other like that because if somebody else who's yeah. not in our group comes. You're going to have a problem with yeah. the crew on your hands. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons why it's so in our music is because our music, that's always been a way of how we express ourselves. And when we were enslaved, that was one of the things that they could not take from us. And yeah. so, you know, you see that a lot a lot in, in our music. we got to talk about Bill Mayer using Absolutely. the N-word because um, he, really, he didn't get away with it, but had <laughs> well, it been he got any, a pass. Yeah, he got he a did. pass. You know, this, this, you know, Ice Cube ate him up, but yeah. still, it had Ice to be. Ice Had to be any, No, I think he's very smart. Actually, he is very smart. Yeah, talk, but, we talk about we own this word. You know, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm just saying we need to talk about him. Um, someone, one of my friends just said that um, we need to talk about him and and, and Ice Cube. No, Bill Mayer. Oh. And and we gotta remember that they feel comfortable using it because mm-hmm. they, they see us because we're comfortable using it. And and they hear it. Matter of fact, there is no such thing as black music because uh, our music now reaches everyone. It cro- crosses and cultural context. Words, right. You know, they hear us calling the bees, the, the N word, you know, um, the great one another, and they feel like that we are comfortable and okay with it. And, and to be honest with you, most of us are, are, are comfortable with it. Sometimes people just get caught up in a beat mm-hmm. and don't realize the impact <laughs> of the words to a song. Mm-hmm. See, but, it, but isn't that the reason that a lot of the, the <laughs> major music companies allow this? They know they can desensitize an entire generation, True. possibly even an entire people, to things that should be hurtful. Should, I mean, this, this universalism thing that we're doing mm-hmm. is tearing away at the fabric of, 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 of what made us special. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Bill Mayer thought it was okay. He said it was a joke. He got away. I'm saying, but really? Yeah. He thought it was okay. You got Matthew McConaughey several years ago said it, and Ice, I, uh, what's the kid? Eminem said it a couple years ago. Now everybody's saying this thing, and they think it's okay because we say it, and it's okay. But if we're honest about it, that's like you know, we we desensitize an entire generation to the word, mm-hmm. and then we wonder why it's out of control. You know, no, oh, I'm it's, sorry. It's because of that right. we get other things that. You know, we can draw the lines between the desensitization and the dehumanization of the African-American people and what's happening in our culture today, mm-hmm. right? When you got police officers who don't care enough mm. to take the extra two seconds. You've got to talk about that. Okay? When, 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 when we have school. Yeah. There's an article. You know, I work for the Army. There's an article that just came out that said African-American soldiers are disciplined harder than other soldiers, you know, in the same way it is in the regular world. With incarceration, okay, and well, the army that? prides itself in saying that we're all green. Well, you know, I know, like every other officer and every other NCO knew that we had to be twice as good to be half as mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. and and so this desensitization, desensitization helps other people believe that we are less, mm-hmm. and and we let that go because it just happens to be the way it is. That's one of the biggest lies. It is what it is. You know, it is that way because we allow it to be. But in my presence, I demand better. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if enough people start demanding better, we get treated better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. okay. 
You know, we're going to move on real quick because we have, before our first guest, and I know we haven't talked to Corey before, he has to bounce out for another engagement. But, okay, so relationships. We have the relationship coach <laughs> in the room. And then we have the guy who's desperately searching in the room. And then we have somebody who says she's, she's fine being single. We have yet to see in the room. <laughs> I don't know where Corey at, but, you know. So listen to this. Okay, this guy said, broke dudes have plenty of time. They will answer your text right away. They will call you throughout the day to check on you because they do not have jobs. <laughs> yes, they are not that busy. <laughs> if you are selfish, vain, narcissistic, whiner, and unrealistic in your expectations on a grown man with responsibilities, try a broke dude today. So I want to know, when you're trying to get to know somebody, um, do you require that constant communication daily, you know, every couple of days? Or what do you think is reasonable? I want to ask you first, Jody. Well, um, I think that it it takes a, f- a shape and form all on itself. Um, I don't try to rush it. Um, and people say all the time, you know, well, if a guy wants you, you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I've never dated a broke dude because okay. I had a daddy at home mm-hmm. who made that abundantly clear that I, that was not the position I was supposed to assume, mm-hmm. and so I never have. Um, but I think that it takes a shape and form all in itself. And I think when we're getting to know each other, because my life is very busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I wear several different hats. Wait, 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 Jody. It's just me, boo. It's just me. Okay. So you meet this dude. Okay. He takes you out. You're like, oh, my God, this is him. Mm-hmm. You go home. You know, it's the next day. Do you expect to hear from him the next day? When do you start getting upset? The next day I expect to hear from him. because. Because that lets me know if he's interested and he wants to continue getting to know me. Okay. After that, I kind of allow it to flow until we've made some ground. Okay. And then, yes, then there's an expectation. And so when I text you, mm-hmm. I want a response. And that doesn't have to be immediately, okay. immediately because okay. I'm not always able to get back immediately. And sometimes I'll look at it and I'll forget and go the next day. Right. But that doesn't Ooh, mean I'm ignoring day. it yeah, okay. because I'll forget because I'm okay. so busy. And okay. I get like 25 texts a day. Okay. Um, and so I understand that. And so I think it's okay to expect him to contact you and to text. You know, most guys are not phone guys. Most mm. of them, they're just not. Yeah. Um, and they're going to – but. If you're getting to know me, I expect more phone calls and text messages. You do? Yes. I expect you to pick up the phone and call me. If you, if, if you really are serious about getting to know me, I'm not the text, hey, boo, what's a up? meme every now and then, yeah. thinking about you, boo. Oh, oh no, because you're not, not going to be thinking enough. about me very long. See, I if got that's no all saved, like, so that, go ahead and <laughs> you, You're not going to be thinking about me very long if, if that's all you're getting. But I've also learned through trial and error, that I have to be very cautious of the expectations that I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Because sometimes I've had unrealistic expectations. Really? But that's not what this show is about tonight. Okay. Somebody uh-huh. told me to ask you, what is your idea of the marriage um, concept? The concept of marriage. You know, please ask her, where that concept of marriage originated? Where the concept of marriage originated? Uh-huh. Um, in the... In the Bible, it came. It came from the Bible. God said that it's not good for man to be alone, and so and so He created a, a suitable helpmeet. And I thank the Lord for that scripture because I am a suitable helpmeet. Um, but I also think that it's important to be realistic. And so, well, when I say that I am 
I'm satisfied in my singleness. That doesn't mean I want to stay here. I've just learned that unless I'm happy, no man is going to make me happy. He is to add to my happiness, and no relationship can make me feel fulfilled, complete, and valued. It can add to the things that I already feel about myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to that place because not being married was consuming me. It consumed me. And so it has been a struggle because all of my friends are married Mm -hmm. with kids. And I'm... So I've been a bridesmaid multiple times, but mm. never a bride yet. Well, it's coming. I want to say I want to go back to something you said about texting. Some people you can have a conversation by text message, but mm. there's some people you cannot because they're misinterpreted. You can say, "How you doing today?" What you mean by that? <laughs> the same how I was doing yesterday. I mean, just they can just they can just take a text or take a word and misinterpret it. And just there's some people, like even in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people you know you cannot have a text message with because they just go left. They take it out of context. They misinterpret everything mm-hmm. you say. Yes, and I don't text them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I don't read their texts or respond to their text messages. So you know, one of one of the, one of the things that, that this idea about do you expect them to call you back? You know, we have a rule for that. Yes, is, we do. This is giving you knowing <laughs> our us. And really you're establishing in this get to know our us whether or not you need that constant conversation. Now, right. Let's be honest. We just meet each other. You're going to have to tell the dude not to call you when you get in there. Mm-hmm. Okay? If, if he's not calling you on a regular trying to be in your space, then he's trying to bench you as, a, as opposed to trying to make you the star player. Let me say this okay. two things. Somebody wanted me to ask you about if, let me say what I want to say first. People are going to treat you like you treat you. So if you don't have no standard of respect about they're not even. That's how they're going to uh, mm. approach you. That's right. And mm. that's yep. anything that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we'll talk about this later. But um, I know since I've had this mild stroke that vulnerability has set in. Mm-hmm. And I normally wouldn't accept things that I don't accept. Them, mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I had to recheck myself. I'm like, listen, you know, you have to be careful how you let people handle you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because how you handle you is how they will handle you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you have to Thirsty. We wear, um, we wear um, horny. Mm. Let's be honest. You know. Yeah. So sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. you're you're right. right. <laughs> um, Try not, but okay. <laughs> so so let me so let me say this. So let me say this. So I so I believe in God. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was raised. I was raised in the church. And there are a lot of lies that I came to believe about God and myself because of the messages I received from church. And so as an adult woman, I have had to search the truth out for myself. So from so let me say this. So my relationship with God is very important to me. And I would, you know, how can two uh, I'm going there. So it's important for me that he would be able to merge our lives together. And because my relationship with God is a very important piece of my life, um, I would not marry a man who didn't believe in God. Now, our interpretation of our relationship with him may look absolutely different because okay. we're different people. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I, w- I would not. Um, and 
not because I'm churchy, because I'm not churchy. I have a relationship with God. And to me, those two things are very, very different. I would probably, um, because I believe that love, love covers a multitude of things. And, and sometimes, sometimes things happen for a reason. Sometimes that person may be a test. Um, and it's a process. And sometimes we abort the process too early. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can fall in love with someone and something can happen. Mm-hmm. And you may lead him yeah. to God. You may have that power to lead him. I absolutely yeah, agree. Yeah. Part of that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hold it. Hold on. Yeah, we have our guest on the line. Miss um, Colette Creighton. She's the founder of Embrace Your Singleness Ministry. So she may be able to chime in on this. Yes. Um, she's based out of Atlanta. She says that her passion is pouring into single women and men who are broken and helping them heal in their singleness and finding that true identity in Christ. So we're going to welcome to the show Miss Colette Creighton. Welcome to the show. Hello? Okay. We'll wait till she calls back. Continue okay. then. Well, so yeah. I would agree that the heart wants what the heart wants. Okay? But the, the other thing I would tell you, while the heart wants, wants what the heart wants, who you marry, who you sleep with, who you get involved with, is a decision of your mind. And we have to be very careful because our heart, if we do believe what the Bible says, it's deceitfully wicked. Is a decision of your mind. Who we who we love mm-hmm. is, a, is a matter of the heart. Mm-hmm. Who we decide to marry, sleep with, have children with, mm-hmm. and be with. Who so we have to make a conscious decision. decision. Okay, gotcha. And, and that's very interesting gotcha. because my dad always said this: before you date a guy, and he would call me by my whole name, Jody Melissa. Mm. I want you to think about what type of father he's going to be. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and bring her on. Welcome to the show, Miss Colette Creighton. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing good. We're sitting here having a good conversation about. Okay. We have two people in here. At least I know two people that are single, and we were just having conversations about um, what's ex- ex- expectations really, and then views okay. on marriage. But we want to welcome to you, you to the show to talk about embracing your singleness. How are you this evening? I am well, and thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. I gave you a brief introduction. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, a little about myself. My name is Colette Crayson, which I am the founder um, of Embrace Your Singleness Ministry, which is based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm originally from Alabama. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm from a small town, a small town girl um, from Jackson's Gap, Alabama. But I spent most of my adulthood living in Auburn, Alabama. So, mm-hmm. yes, I am a War Eagle fan. <laughs> um, so... Later in life, I literally moved to Atlanta, and, you know, and God birthed this ministry out of me. You know, this is my purpose, my passion, you know, encouraging singles, you know, waiting on God, you know, becoming God's best in their single season. You picked what, the right well, place. Why did you start it? Well, yes. pretty much my ministry, it was started, God birthed this ministry out of me from my past. Um, I was a woman, you know, who didn't really understand singleness. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to feel like being single, you know, something was wrong. Yes. Had a curse, you know. <laughs> and and it's so many people, you know, today, you know, they feel like singleness, you know, like it's it's bad. It's you know, horrible. that curse. But right. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's actually a gift if you really, you know, understand the true meaning what behind singleness and that's about my ministry. You know, I want people to understand the true beauty behind singleness. 
you know, um, this is your time to work on you, you know, whatever you need to work on, uh, become God's best, find your, find your identity in Christ, and most importantly, heal. You know, that's a big thing with a lot of us. We don't want to heal from our past, you know. Mm, so that's, that's pretty much, you know, and like I said, it was just birth from my past, thing, the things I've done in my past, you know, because I was a mess. Back you in was the a day, mess. So. Okay. Welcome yes. to the club. Right. Yes, I was a mess. Okay. <laughs> so it kind of came from there, you know, and I just want to help people, you know. Okay. Excited to hear what you have to say. Hey, Colette, oh, this is yeah. uh, Coach Ellis, also from Alabama, so it's good to meet you. Oh, War, War okay. Eagle. <laughs> right, although okay. I, I, although I'd say go Hornets, but you know. Um, <laughs> hey, so look, as a relationship person as, and as a single person, um, this idea of embracing your singleness, does, does that does that idea <laughs> actually turn some guys away who might be interested in you? Because they're thinking um, that you're so involved in being single that you're not marryable? No, not necessarily. Um, some people think maybe like I have my guard up, but no, not necessarily because I'm going to be honest. Like with me, I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm ready, and then sometimes there's other areas I feel like that I need to work on with me. Like I'm still, I'm still going through a healing process. I thought I was completely healed, but I still got some damage in it me. That I'm working on, you know, and I don't, and I was the type in my past where I didn't allow myself to heal. I felt like I needed a man to help me. I felt like my new boyfriend would help me get over my ex, and I didn't allow yes. myself to heal. So, no, I mean, not necessarily. It doesn't turn. I let them know straight up, like, you know, I'm I'm not ready or I'm not interested, you know. But hey, but no. Okay. And I'm single by choice too, you by know. That's, right. Hi, Colette. This is Jody Melissa Hi. Slaughter, and I have a question for you. And you've mentioned this several times while you were responding to Coach Ellis's question. You talked about being killed, and so mm -hmm. I'm wondering, are you of the school that believes you have to be completely healed before you're married? No. Okay. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. But um, I feel like you need to be somewhat healed because I feel like if not that with me, I feel like that my my man, whoever my boyfriend would have, I feel like that he may pay for the damages of what another man done for me. And I don't feel like that's fair for him. Mm -hmm. But, no, I don't feel like you got to be 100% healed, but I feel like you need to be somewhat healed. Well, let me ask you this as a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that the man that God has for you is going to aid in the healing process? Because I, I find that very interesting mm -hmm. because I've been told that as an unmarried woman, that the reason why I'm not married is because God has so much work to do in me. And so my response to that is, well, why did you get married? Because it seems like there's some unfinished business from your childhood going on, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, and, and, and so my, and so, you know, and so I, I hear that thrown around a lot, especially in churches as it relates to singles ministries. And I'm just wondering, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't, I mean, so you mean in saying like uh, the guy? Okay, give me an example. Because that, the guy. Okay, because I, I'm a I'm a psychotherapist by trade, but and I believe and I've found that a lot of times there are things that are inside of you and that are deeper than the surface things that need to be healed mm -hmm. that yes. aren't going to come to surface <laughs> until you're married That's and true. you're with that That's person true. day in and out. And that That's iron true. that sharpens iron begins to sharpen you. Yes. And now you find mm -hmm. yourself needing healing again. So if the mm -hmm. goal is
is to be healed, then right. there's no hope of ever getting married because the Bible tells us right. that that's not going to happen until Jesus comes back. Exactly. So, exactly. so what does that look like while you're waiting on your mate? Oh wow, I never thought about that. I guess with me, that um, was good. I just feel like with me, I guess I always wanted to be loved, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess not getting that love that from like my parents. My, of course, my dad was in my life and everything like that. But you know, still, you know, sometimes you don't get that love like what you really need. Mm-hmm. And I guess I never really knew how to love, and I felt like. I've looked forward in men, mainly. That's why I didn't know how to date or I ended up hurt. I think getting my heart broken and holding on to those grudges or unforgiveness, which I feel like the guys that I have dated in my past, I forgave them all, which they don't even bother me or hurt me. But I guess mine probably would be more up to like probably past like childhood and stuff like that, I would think. But I get what you're saying, though. I never thought of it in that um, point of view. When you said like if you meet someone, maybe they can help aid, and I can I can definitely you know um, see that because that happens like when we were friendship sometimes you know when I uh, confide in certain friends you know they bring out certain things when I call it a heart surgery when we just go through things and talk about really deep things from the past and stuff so yeah I I never thought about that. Colette, this is Corey Taylor. Um, I want to ask mm-hmm. you a real question because I, okay. hear, I hear a lot of things when you're talking, but how do you treat you? Because mm. it's important that you treat yourself well enough to know um, who you are before you can allow anyone else to come into your life because people tend to treat you how you treat you. Mm-hmm. What you accept is what they would give. That's true. Um well, I feel like I do treat myself better now. Uh, this is 2017. I would say in 2015, I was in a season where I was literally depressed um, and very stressed out. And I definitely was not treating myself right. I wasn't like going to the gym. I literally had gained so much weight. I, lost my, I would just go to work and come home and just run, run to food for comfort where I had gained so much weight. I literally lost myself. I let myself go. And... Last year, 2016, I was like, you know what, Colette, it's time to live. You're saying that you want these things in a man, but you ain't even doing it yourself. You say you want a man to eat healthy, who stays in the gym, and this and that, but you're not even doing it yourself. You're not even trying it to your own life. So I had to really, like, get serious by myself again, hire a personal trainer, start eating right, eating healthy, and end up losing the weight, getting back to my normal size. So I would say that would be an example of loving me and just it's other areas, too, that I need to work on. But that's one of the biggest things that I kind of would have to do when I let myself go. Okay. Um, also, if you have any questions for Colette, you can call 757-683-4405. Colette, I have a question for you. I have a lot of – I'm a hairstylist by trade. I have a lot of single Christian female clients. These single Christian female clients – they're having sex. Um, I was always taught that you couldn't. I'm not, you know, not going to say it's something that I practice, and I'm a Christian, but I want to know. You, since this is your ministry, this is what you, you specialize in, how do you handle that temptation as a single woman trying to remain celibate, you know, until marriage? You know, how do you, how do you handle when you're, when you're pressured with sex? Because if you're dating, I'm sure that, you know, has come into the play. Mm-hmm. Correct? Oh, it's, yes. It's, it's very, very hard. Um, 
my God, like repentance, temptations. It, it's hard, and I've been celibate going on six years in December, and Lord knows it's like it's getting worse and worse. But I would say um, I hang around a lot of Christian friends, like-minded people, to hold me accountable. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If you I can't hold you accountable twenty-four-seven. Huh? They can't hold you accountable 24-7. No, they can't. No, they can't. But they can pray for me. Because I'm going to be honest, yeah. there are times, you know, like, I can be honest. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Lord, I can't face this. But yes. thank God I don't have anybody. Because if I had, John John I, slip I, in at 11 o'clock. Right. Yeah. Right. Or let me pull this old number out. Two o'clock. <laughs> you know? So, um. I say that, I pray a lot, you know, I have to pray, like, God, yes. you got to help me, this special week right now, and right. you know, like, come on, God, I can't take this, you know, reading my word, um, I try not to, um, like, it's certain music I don't listen to, because it may take my mind into La La Land, where it doesn't need to be, hmm. uh, certain secular music and stuff, I just can't, like, my spirit, my flesh doesn't agree to it, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, or I have to change the station, or so, but, um, that's what me, and then another <laughs> thing, too, I don't just, um, with me with dating, like, that's why I feel like whoever I meet, it has to be someone who's really a Christian, mm-hmm. a man of God who is already celibate, because I feel like he's not celibate. Who's already celibate? Ce- okay, okay. He needs to be already celibate. Yeah, okay. I don't need no man that who's just kind of on their day back and forth with it, because when I get weak, he probably be like, leave me on in the bedroom, you know? So mm-hmm. I need to be exactly. already there. Exactly. <laughs> right, I need to be already yeah. there, so... When I'm weak, he can strengthen me and pray for me. And when he's weak, I can do the same for him. So, yeah, we got to be on that. We got to be on one accord with that. I can't, because I don't Sounds trust good. myself. <laughs> what, a, what a contest. This is Coach Ellis. I, I think it's absolutely great, because the idea is that the guy has to be able to um, be strong enough to mm-hmm. tell you no when he really wants to say yes. And unfortunately, right. there ain't a whole lot of folks out there like that. So I ain't going exactly. to ask you no well, See, my clients, they have boundaries. <laughs> certain things count and certain things don't, they say. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and with, They've with, been the rules. Yeah, well, my clients, it's, it's, it's the idea is and everybody establishes their own yeah. rule set. Mm-hmm. But once the, those right. rules are established, they're established. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people are anything but, mm-hmm. everything but. Mm-hmm. And some right. folks is like nothing and. I mean, that is. Right. But you have Another to establish. Thing. God bless you. Right, and another thing, too, what I do, that's why I stay in the gym, too. I have to stay in the gym because I know the gym helps me a lot. <laughs> I have to stay in that gym. Mm-hmm. That's my release. That's my pressure release right there at the gym. Well, you know what? You, you have to be honest with yourself because what we don't understand is that um, the devil knows your weaknesses, and mm-hmm. he will send people that you mm-hmm. that you claim that yep. you don't talk to no more, and, and you yep. know, all of a sudden you look – be about 11 o'clock, 1130. Mm-hmm. They just snuck in your right. spot. You got an alert on your phone. Mm-hmm. And they be like, what's up? What you doing? You know what I'm doing. It's 1130. I'm chilling. What's up? But guess what? It's okay to be honest and real with yourself. Right. You can fool oh, yeah. us because we're not with you 24-7. But you have to be honest with yourself. And oh, yeah. I know I'm honest. I know it takes mm-hmm. a lot for me. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and we just got to be honest with ourselves. A lot of times right. we, front for, we front for others. But we have to right. be honest with ourselves. Right. Because exactly. you could be telling us one thing. As soon as you get off this phone with us, you could be calling um, mm-hmm. Juju 
and see what he's doing <laughs> later on. You know what I'm saying? You know. Exactly. So. And it's interesting because I, this is Jody again. I I, okay. I feel like, and and I don't know how it is in in your ministry, but I don't even do singles ministries anymore because of oh. just it's it was really the hookup hour from what I saw. Mm. But I I. Um, <laughs> most of them that I've been to. Um, and there were a couple things. So I found that churches really don't pour into single people. And the only message that unmarried people receive from the church is don't have sex until you're married. And half of them didn't. But that's a whole nother conversation. That's not why we're here right. tonight. And then the other piece of that is they, the singles ministries are just mm-hmm. like, are you serious? There's all, there are always more right. women than men. And the yes. men who are there are there to check out who's new to the church, yep. who doesn't yep. know me, who doesn't yep. know that I creep, um, yep. who I can hook, who I can try to hook up with. And so, exactly. um, so how do you, so how do you overcome all of that things, all of those um, external factors through your ministry? Well, let's see. Well, my ministry is awful. It's not with my church. It's something. It's right. mine, what I built from the ground. Um, and see, really with my advertising, my post, it's pretty much strictly like social media. Um, okay. I, that's kind of hard to answer uh, because it's kind of hard for me to answer that question, I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to answer that one. Well, let's move forward to this. You have a singles okay. conference coming up in November, correct? I do. And we can yep. get more of this information live. Tell us about that. Yes, so my second um, single conference is November the 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, for men and women? I, yes, for men and women. That's one thing, too. My ministry, y'all, it is for men and women. Mm-hmm. For anybody who is single, single again, widow, you know, never married, it's not good for females. I pour into both. Okay. Um, but, yes, it's for men and women. Um, I'm, I don't want to give out too much information because I really haven't um, – I don't even really have a title as of yet, okay. but I know the yeah, yeah. But I know the theme. I wanted to I want to give them the total experience where we can praise God and also have fun. I always say turn up for the Lord. I want to make it as a feel or you know for them to come to mixer, you know, mix and network, socialize with other singles. Because are you gonna do like a like, speed dating type thing? Um, not sort of speed dating, but that is something I do want to do. That in would the be future. nice. Yes, I, I always wanted. Yes, I always want to do like a Christian speed dating, but I am going to have an all male panelist. Um, okay, I am going to have that, you know, because I want because I know with that, you know, most like you said, females we always outnumber the men. But I'm hoping men well, come. Hey, too. Colette, do you have you in Atlanta? So yeah, do you have yes. a, do you have a budget? Because if you have a budget, I want to recommend someone for you. She is awesome. Um, I had a mild stroke last year, and she has been. She sends me prayer. She's a powerful lady. She's actually uh-huh. Ronnie DeVoe's mother from New Edition in Belleville, DeVoe. Oh, but she okay. is and she's awesome. here in Atlanta. She's in Atlanta. She's been sending me scriptures and just sending me encouraging words since I had my stroke for a year and almost a, a year and a few months. But oh. if you have a budget, please let us know. And if you don't, if you don't have a budget, then you know. When you get a budget, mm-hmm. I will refer her to you, you know, but okay. she's, a, she's a powerful woman. So she's a good speaker. So oh, maybe we can connect and do some other stuff, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Get that That's budget good. together. Okay. Always good to know people. Good people. Yes. Yes. Right. I'll be looking right. for those divine connections. Right. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, but, um, Claire, how can people yeah, find you on social media? 
people, you can find me. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Embrace Your Singleness. Uh, I don't have a Facebook ministry or Twitter ministry, but um, you can find me on my website also, which is www.embraceyoursingleness.com. But Instagram, blow me up. Come on. Let's network. Let's connect. I'm ready. So, so you should have a book coming out soon, I would imagine. I know, yes. I am trying to work on that. I am okay. um, in the midst of Take doing like a, um, not like a book, but more like a devotional yeah. um, book, like for singles, like um, embracing like the, the unwanted gift of singleness. That's something I want to do, like a guide. So I look, and, and the crazy part, I started that in January, and I've been so busy and everything. I think I've just done like one chapter, but I got to get busy with that, though. All yeah. right, all right. Well, Colette, thank you so much for yes, coming on the show and giving us so much information. I appreciate it. You have to come back. Yes, I'll be ready. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. No problem. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Mm. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So we have Corey here. Corey has to go. Corey, Taylor, the – I call him the music maestro. You do so much. Corey, tell everybody who you are. He has such a long bio. Tell everybody exactly who Corey Taylor is. I'm from, um, I'm from Virginia. Um, what part of Virginia? I'm from, from Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay. Yep. I was adopted. My mom had five kids. I was the only one put up for adoption out of five kids. Um, uh, we, I found them. Okay. Um, Here? My mother was in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, my father lives in Ohio. Um, of course, I grew up in a Christian home. Started working in the music business by working with Coco, and then um, I took over SWD when their manager abruptly left and started doing other things. Um, I worked with SWD for about seven and a half years. Um, I was able to secure a record deal. They've been gone for over 15 years. Uh, we have a TV show on WeTV called SWD Reunited, where I served as the executive producer, um, and I had some more tour. I've also worked with um, a young lady called Leela. She was the lead singer of a group called 702, and I had her on R&B Divas in Atlanta. Mm. Um, I recently, about two, about a half, a year and a half ago, I partnered with Faith Evans, and we did a couple of projects together um, that um, recently, one was just picked up, um, so I'm, I'm really excited and happy about that. It's been hard. I, I suffered a stroke back on February the 16th, a mild stroke that just kind mm. of just oh, la- uh, last year, 2016, okay. it changed my whole world. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I could be bitter, mm-hmm. but I asked God to just to make me better. That's my awesome. my um, that's the thought process. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, um, I wouldn't say change stuff on me. Mm-hmm. It just revealed mm-hmm. who they always were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because out of sight is out of mind. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people... Um, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Family members too. Um, but shout out to the people like Miss DeVoe. Um, again, she's Ronnie from New Edition who's been, I mean, he's like one of my best friends. He's um, he's actually having twins. This year his wife is pregnant. And oh, I saw that, yeah. This yep. year in the summertime. Um, but it has been a blessing. The Faith Evans, of course, the Mila, the SWDs, um, and, and, and some of my, my, my close circuit friends. You know, but um, it's been challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, financially, um, mentally, and health-wise, you know, I've always been independent. So this just, 
change me upside down because you have to depend on people to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, I always tell people, people don't have to be nice to you just because you have a setback or mm-hmm. a life-changing moment. Right. People don't have to be nice to you. So I try to remember that when people um, are nice to me, but I can tell you that it has changed my thought process. It, it changed everything about me. You know, um, I could be like, God, why? Why? What? Why? 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 Why, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, but um, if God didn't think I could handle it, he would have never exactly. gave it to me. Exactly. You know, so um, um, I just thank God. You know, um, I just came back this weekend. I just started crying again. I've been helping out group Black Street when mm-hmm. we were in San Diego. Um, so I've been working slowly but surely trying to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. I'm still suffering from paralysis on my right side. Mm-hmm. And um, I think y'all made it worse by walking me to death. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's not my fault, Corey. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I thought I was at King's Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> I so long. But, but, um, but prior to you having the stroke, did you have any warning signs? Were you? You know what's funny? The day I had the stroke, that morning I felt some numbness on my right side. Uh-huh. So I so okay. I immediately jumped out of the bed, and it went away. I went to go get a hack. If I don't do anything else, I'm going to get a hack. Uh-huh. I'm going to get that get that, that fresh shave on there. So I went and got a cut, came back, ran my errands for the day, came back that night. It came over me again. I said, something's not right. I jumped in the shower, um, took a shower. My equilibrium was off. I fell in the shower. Um, I got myself together, dressed, and drove myself to the hospital. Mm-hmm. From there, it went down. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital four days before they diagnosed me with having a stroke. They actually came the next day and told me that the good news was I didn't have a stroke. Mm-hmm. They thought it was MS. Then I had just came from Africa, and they thought that maybe I caught a virus from Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, so when they told me that I had a stroke, it just turned my world upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just said, God just told me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to let people see you, so people know that. Right. It was me that did it. Right. So I just used it to my, my advantage. Um, I became the ambassador for the American Heart and Stroke Association. You know, um, BET just recently did an article mm-hmm. on me. Um, I did mm. something with Bossip and Vibe. And um, um, a lot of my friends, you know, that, um, that have, have a lot of, I guess, status, you know, have been really pushing and helping me to get the word out. So it could have been worse mm-hmm. because um, I could be paralyzed all over. True. I could be in a vegetable state. True. I could not be able to walk. So I try to look at those things. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not the same core Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I tell people that all the time. You know, um, to be honest with you, I front a lot when I'm in public because I hate when people are looking. I mm-hmm. hate when people ask me the dumbest question that somebody asks, even though I know everybody don't know. What happened to you? Did you have a stroke? You know, somebody asked me, and they yelled at, that I think I was in Walmart or in um, farm fresh mm-hmm. and yelled at what happened? Did you have a stroke? And my, my first reaction was to say, No, I fell off a skateboard. That's what's wrong. You know, because uh-huh. I wanted because mm-hmm. it was a such a stupid question, but people don't know. They really don't everybody don't know that you may think no, you know, but I hate it. I hate the looks. I hate that I'm not able to do a lot of things. I'm not able to run. You know, I'm not able it takes me a while sometimes to fasten a watch. You know, um, a minute I can my shoes, you know, I can wear my clothes, but I don't, ha- I can't, I like wearing comfortable things. Uh-huh. You know, putting on a suit is out of the question. If I have to, I will, but it's out of the question. I like to wear just a t-shirt, and 
have some of the time just to show it and do do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, this had to happen to me because you know God had to get my attention. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. one thing I try to mm-hmm. tell people: sometimes people say that um, the devil did it. The devil didn't do this. Uh, God didn't have to do this. He allowed it to happen, mm-hmm. but Corey did this because I was on the go so much. Mm-hmm. Being an mm-hmm. entertainer, entertainment manager, and working on um, other projects. so stressed mm-hmm. with the cares of this world that sometimes we forget how stressed we really are. Yeah. It's a silent killer. You know, it's a silent... I think the mistake I made was trying to drive to the hospital and not calling 911 because I didn't know what was going on with me. Still, when I got to the hospital, I didn't know. And, uh, and I, I guess I didn't act quick enough because they, they oh, took yeah. my blood pressure mm-hmm. and my temperature and sent me and back. And sat you back in the room. Like, yeah. You know, so it's just been Oh, yeah. So, hey, Corey, this this is this is coach. So let me ask you this because I'm looking at you, and you you look to be a, a healthy a healthy man, mm-hmm. right? So when I think of strokes, mm-hmm. I think of the 70 year old guy, the 80 year old guy who's lived a long time. How old were you when you had the stroke? I was young. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. But life happens. Life can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, death doesn't have an age, or disease doesn't have an age. And 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 like Mr. DeVoe said, I think God is using this as my testimony to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I love fried chicken. I've cut back a lot, but I love fried chicken. I stayed at Popeye's. In Virginia, we had Southern Fin. Uh. You know, um, um, and I wasn't eating right. I wasn't being consistent mm. with my Four diet. Piece. You know, um, and, and I just found out today I lost 10 pounds, which I was glad. But, you know, um, there was a lot of things that we weren't doing. You know, again, no one's going to treat you better than you mm-hmm. need to be treating you. You know, because if I'm dead today, they may shed a tear. They may have some nice words to say, but guess what? Tomorrow's back to business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to take care of yourself. You really do. And and I want to say this. Um, sometimes we, sometimes God will send the people that you least expect when you're in a crisis. Because mm-hmm. I would never have thought the people that I personally have been there for would vanish mm-hmm. like a ghost. And it's been the strict. I wake up every morning to a a Bible verse, um, some encouraging words that um, that Mr. DeVoe, who's watching, send me every morning. I don't even get a phone call sometime from my sister until a week or two later, or my brother. You know, I had a pastor here, and shout out to Michael Golden, um, who raised $7,500 in 30 minutes for me mm. at an event that they had. Wow. Wow. I, had I had a friend I've been knowing for 20 years call call me every two weeks. I told him, stop calling me. You ain't asking me if I need a napkin, if I, if I need some water. Don't call me how you know how I'm doing. So come over here and see it. Don't mm. just call me. Come see. If you want to know who your friends are, 
have a crisis, mm -hmm. be in a situation mm -hmm. that you need some help. And I, you know, and I hate to talk y'all to death, but you know, it's just a learning experience on all mm -hmm. levels. And either God told me, either you're gonna sink or you're gonna swim. There are some people who get joy out of your um, setbacks. And just because it's been delayed, that doesn't mean that it's gonna be denied. Mm -hmm. I do believe that God has his hands on my life and he has favor because there's things that I've been able to do laying in that bed, couldn't even move. And, and I'm being honest with you, you know, and, and the only reason why I'm out and I'm letting people see because I want them to know this ain't me. It's no mm -hmm. business of my own. Mm -hmm. This has been by, by the grace, mercy <laughs> of God. He has not allowed me, and I can, I can talk all night long, he has not allowed me to lose anything. Mm -hmm. There's some things I voluntarily gave up, mm -hmm. but you know that was by choice. But mm -hmm. he hasn't allowed me to do anything. So if y'all want to write a check to me tonight, <laughs> take up an offer. A Bank of America, a Navy Well, I'm glad that the Lord allowed you to live through it, um, to be here with us tonight, and mm -hmm. I just. You know, I just speak healing and wholeness over every part of your body and your mind I and you. in your life. I, I want to add this. I want to add this. And then I, I want to talk about Adele. We have to be very careful who we are vulnerable to. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people will take advantage of your vulnerability. You know, I've had some friends um, who don't even realize how they treat me now. They don't, they keep me um, for where I'm at now. Mm -hmm from where God is going to take me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm down right now, don't, don't count me out. I'm going to be yeah. down tomorrow. That's right. And one thing about me, where well, there's a way, there's a will. You know, I may pout for one or two minutes, and then I'm going to suck it up, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to try it again. That's how I am. I always have an A, B, C, D, E, F, G plan in place. But you have to be very careful. And I say this over and over and over again. People will treat you you treat you. Mm -hmm. And people can only do to you what you allow them to do to you. You know, so I'm, I'm very careful, you know, um, who I am vulnerable with. You know, um, who, who I'll allow to get in my face because everybody doesn't have your best interest. And believe it or not, there are some people out there who've been, who've been assigned Oh, yeah. And that is sad. Oh, yeah. But they, they really are. And that's why even even if I ain't got but five dollars in my name, if I think that you think like that, you ain't gonna know. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? Yeah. So let's just let's just real talk. See, I, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I um a lot that you were saying I, re I resonated with me because a lot of people know well, everybody here knows that I was on dialysis for from 2006 to 2011, I did it, well, 2012. Wow. I did dialysis every day, every single day. Wow. Um, but a lot of people wouldn't have known because I was still working, I was still in school full time. Mm 
Um, I was working for Mazonic. I was traveling. I used to carry my, my, my dialysis machine with me. I would get free upgrades on flights because I had that big machine. But I didn't let it slow me down. But I was on dialysis because, like you were saying, the people that I expected, because I was like, the people I know, somebody's going to step up and give me, help me get a kidney. But my whole family, no friends, no family, nobody tried to get tested for me. And, you know, it caused a lot of tension in relationships, especially in my family, because mm-hmm. people didn't want to get tested. They were like, you know, well, you can live on dialysis. Dialysis is not that bad. I'm like, well, you're not doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand what you were saying, the people that you thought were going to be there. Um, and then God blessed me in 2012, and I had a transplant. Um, and those people I haven't forgotten, but, you know, you, you treat those people. You remember. You don't forget. You, you remember. You don't forget it. But, you know, I have to forgive a lot of people by mm-hmm. a distance. So I understand. I appreciate yeah. you coming on the show and being honest and open and transparent you about your, your journey. You people better than they treat you. You can't get, you can't. I'm trying. People, a lot of people do tit for tat. Mm-hmm. But you have to be because the God is not going to hold you responsible for what they did to you. But mm-hmm. he's going to hold you responsible for how you responded mm-hmm. to what they True. did to you. True. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm just, I'm just a walking miracle. Mm-hmm. I would never have thought that this would happen to me. And, and sometimes it is unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, just limping. When I get up in the mirror and I got to look at myself, you know, how I'm going to speak over my life today, you know, speak some things and, you know, have, cause it's, not, it's not easy. You know, I will be fronting, saying that, that it's easy, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And people don't, I hate when someone say they know what you're going through and has never been in your shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's hard, you know, but the one person I know who has my back is God. And God has placed some good people, some good, solid just so grateful for the ones that stayed and for the ones that mm-hmm. had to go it mm-hmm. was it was all in the purpose and exactly you know one of the things that you know Willie Jolly wrote a book that it, that a setback is a setup for a comeback yeah and I really believe that that you and will are, are kind of the living embodiment mm-hmm. of the, this this comeback and you know if I could switch hats from coach to pastor one of, one of the things that we used to tell folks is that you know because a lot of people do ask, why me? Why me? Why me? And, and here's what I submit to people. Nobody knows you better than God. Mm-hmm. Why you? Because he trusts you with it. Because mm-hmm. somebody is watching how you are negotiating mm. this particular thing in your life mm-hmm. so that they can A, avoid it in their life, mm-hmm. or B, have a role model when their trial comes. And let's be honest. We all going to struggle with something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's physical, financial, emotional, psychological, we're all going to struggle with something. And watching your strength is going to allow somebody mm-hmm. to say, if he can, I can. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, I know we got to go, but I'm, I want to close with this. Sometimes things happen so you can reevaluate your life. Mm-hmm. Because humility has the power to open doors that your talents and gifts can't. And a lot of people really don't understand that. You know, um, you really sometimes when you get yourself in a situation that you have to fall back and, and just reevaluate you. Mm-hmm. You know, some things that you could do better, skate better, you know, um, um, act on better, you know, reevaluate you. True. You know? So True. I think that's the tweet. Humility can take you places that your talent can't. That, that, that's that's absolutely that's tweetable. tweetable. I'm yeah. trying to write it down. <laughs> Tweet it. Well, Corey, thank you so much, man. I know you have to go, but thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yes, 
Um, I, I think you're looking well. You're doing well. Um, but nobody Thank knows you, your struggle but you. So. I want to say a lot of my friends are watching. And I just want to say um, Pastor Chris McNeil um, out of um, Ohio. One, he's a great singer. Um, um, I, I just got to give... Shout her all night long, but Mr. DeVoe has been consistent with sending me text messages, encouraging me every day. Um, a lot of my friends from Virginia talking, Derek, um, 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 Mr. Turner, uh, all of my friends, from, uh, different friends from Decrease. Uh, a lot of my, 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 my followers, my, my friends, have been supporters, have been there, and I really, really thank them. You know, because if I can't lean on nobody else, I know somebody gonna log on. Exactly. Timely. Timely. Yes. Exactly. Timely. Exactly. And I'm proud of you too, man. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Mr. Thank Friday. you. And I, I appreciate you all um, um, allowing me to assemble with this, this this young lady and this young man. You know, thank y'all so much. You're welcome. Oh, You're welcome. See, I got a scooter that can I was grasped and I just do. <laughs> Nick, you can have Coach can put on your back. in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a pleasure to meet yes, you and is. to share yeah, yeah, the yeah. same is, space yeah. with you. Exactly. And you've endeared me by calling me a young man, so I appreciate it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I just Lord. did a project with the Pay Sisters. The gospel. Okay. okay. I just shot yeah. a, a um, sizzle reel, um, and I think we're close in closing that show as well. Okay. Um, the show that we just closed, um, and she's watching it, Latoya, it's called Fed Moms. Mm -hmm. It's about um, these young ladies who are trying to turn their lives around. They're from Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, they did white collar crime, you know, but they're turning their lives around and um, they're doing some awesome things, you know. And, that, and that's going to be what? It's a, it's a show? It's a TV show. A TV it's show. Okay. Okay. Moms. All right. Fed? Fed Moms. When is that going to come out? Um, you, well, you have a date yet? We're, we're still finalizing everything. Okay. I'm hoping by late fall. Okay. Fed Moms. I like that. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. That's our next guest. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Mr. DeVoe. Appreciate you. I love you. Mm. Thanks, Chris. Now send me some money, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was Corey Taylor, everybody. You know, we have our next guest. She's already called in. Um, Jessica Castro, TV reality star, actor, and social media influencer. Um, her, her title, Life, Love, and Everything in Between. Please help me welcome to the show. Ms. Jessica Castro, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Looking at your picture, beautiful, beautiful. Very oh, beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure if can you hear you. Can you hear? No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, it's kind of really, really faint. But, okay, so you started your, your career in entertainment at the age of 17 in a pageant right here. You ran Miss Virginia. Tell us about that. What, what got you yes. into running that? That's correct. So um, when I graduated high school, you know, I was born and raised in New York. Um, I wanted to get out, and I have a lot of family over there. And I grew up watching pageants, and I always said to myself, watch, you know, watching with my mom, I want to do that, I want to do that. And then when I, I lived in Virginia, I somehow received in the mail, like, the form for Miss Virginia. And I'm like, well, I didn't apply for this. So for me, it was like a sign, you know, I had nothing to lose. Okay. So I figured, why not? And um, I did it, and it was a great experience, although I didn't place. You didn't place? <laughs> no, I did not. But, you know, I, I, was, I was a newbie. I didn't, you know, I didn't know the do's and the don'ts, and okay. um, 
I just kind of knew what I watched on television, and it wasn't good enough. But okay. it was okay. a good experience. You know, I, I don't knock it. It's just pageant, the pageant world, I, it's a whole different ball game. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah. I was one and done. That's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Miss Castro. Yes. Hey, this is Coach Ellis, and, um, and I actually, I watched uh, you on TV. And, okay. And I, I'm an <laughs> avid fan. I was telling Will earlier, I think this is one of the, the most – I think this is the best social experiment ever. But uh, what I want to ask you, though, is that sure. how, how has that reality TV experience changed you? You know, you know, like you said, you, you, know, you watch the show, so obviously it wasn't the ending that I had hoped for. It wasn't the ending that I went into going, doing, you know, going into doing the social experiments. And, you know, it is what it is now at this point. But um, I feel like I needed that to happen in my life for me to just kind of like, for reality to slap me in the face and be like, wake up, just, you know, you don't need to rush parts of your life. You know, right now, it's, it's not meant for you to settle down. And that's okay. Everyone has their time, but don't rush it. Because I feel like when you rush certain parts in your life, it just, you know, it's not meant to be in your path at that moment. Things just go left. And that's just kind of what happens. Um, and I realized that, I, you know, I've, I learned to be a lot more patient. Um, I learned, you know, I realized that everything will happen when it's supposed to. Mm. And, and I just keep it at that. I focus on what's important, and that's my career and my family, and, and truly being happy with myself in order, you know, for when I do get into a very serious relationship, I, I'm able to love that other person 100%. Okay. So it was definitely something I needed for myself on a personal level. Would, would you recommend that type of experiment to, uh, to others? You know, I, I've been asked this question a lot, and I say yes and no. And the reason why I say no to begin with is because, um, you know, it just, it, it isn't a social experiment anymore for, to me, in my personal opinion, because, you know, I'm season two. They're already on season five. They still haven't had any couples stay married so to me, it's like they're not doing it for the right reasons. Mm, not, okay. not the people who are signing up, the people who are in charge. Just, they just want a drama-related, re- you know, reality TV show, which people love to watch, and mm-hmm. that's great. So they're, bang- you know, they're cashing in, which is fine. But I, I personally don't feel like, uh, you know, they're they're doing it for the right reasons. Um, so if, if, you know, if someone really, really, truly wants to find their soulmate. That is not the way. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen, if you want, you know, if you want to be on TV, you want to make some money, then sure. <laughs> right. Well, hello, Jessica. This is um, Jody Melissa Hi. Slaughter. And I, so I, I want to know, how do you, you know, how do you juggle it all? And is there really a balance to the juggling? Um, as far as doing everything? Yes. And uh, having mm-hmm. love and, and a relationship. I mean, yeah, how, how do you juggle all of that? And is it really a balance? You know, I think there really, there really is a balance. On top of all of that, you know, a lot of people don't know. Um, I've always worked corporate, so I've always had a full-time job because, you know, anyone who knows it's in this industry, it, it's not a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's ups and there's downs like any other industry. Um, so, you know, right now I do work a part-time job just to keep me a little bit more scheduled. Um, you know, and there are times where... I have an audition very last minute. Um, and, and there are times where I'm running around like today, all day, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't eaten. <laughs> mm. But, 
you know, that's just that's just kind of a game sometimes. But you know, I, sometimes I sit back and I realize, well, stand just, you know, maybe you do need to sit down, you need to eat, you need to relax, and then, you know, when I get home, I will like take a nice hot bubble bath, or you know, I'll just like think about the day and how really blessed I am. No matter how busy I am, I, I'm always forever grateful because I I cannot be busy. I I could just be sitting home on the couch doing absolutely nothing, you know. Right. So, um, you know, the good thing about it is I don't have children, so I can get up and go. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that if that was my situation, it would definitely be a lot harder, I'm sure. You know, I, I see my sister-in-law and my, and my sister, they have kids, and you know, I see, and they work full-time, so I see the struggle. Right. Um, you know, so for me, I think that that's definitely, a, you know, that's not in my path right now, eventually, ho- hopefully soon. But, you know, um, I take that as a blessing. So, So, Jessica, this is Will again. So sometime between, you know, age 17 when you competed for the pageant and then you went into modeling, I understand, and then, I guess, Hollywood. Somewhere along Mm -hmm. that line, you know, you did the show. Now you've discovered your passion for helping um, young women, and especially um, the Latina community. What do you think inspired you to want to get more into the inspirational realm? You know, um, with everything that really went on with the show, um, you know, the, the arguing, and then, you know, unfortunately I had to, you know, get safety for myself and my family. Um, that, that for me was just real life at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, you know, as everything played out on national television and in the public and in the media, um, I had tons and tons of women and, and, and girls of all ages and races and from all over the world right. um, sending me messages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, emails that they are in the same situation or have been in the same situation and they don't know how to get out and mm. they would ask for advice. And I'm like, you want my advice? Like, this is crazy. I would never think in a million years that I could be someone's inspiration. Mm. Um and, and that just kind of happened, you know, week after week, day after day. And I was literally bonding with these women. I, I've even made friends. Like, I would give them my email. You know, I've given my number out once or twice. Um, you know, they can text me. Because some people, you know, some women feel like, or people in general, they feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. And you just never know what they're going through. And if you can just be an ear for one person, you know, you know, you could probably save someone's life. You just, you never really know what people go through. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, I took that and, you know, I, I try to save as many messages as possible mm-hmm. because, you know, I still have my bad days and I, I go and I read them and then they're like, you're such an inspiration. And, and that's, you know, it makes me feel good inside that I can help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we decided to have a women empowerment event and that was my first one the beginning of this month. And it was a huge success, um, you know, and I'm hoping that that would, would be the first of many. Was that something so. that you produced or were you a speaker there? What capacity did you do? Uh, um, well, I, I was, so my publicist, she was the one that did everything and gathered everything. But um, I, you know, I was the one that hosted. And okay. then we had um, five other women on the panel. So it wasn't just me just sitting up there <laughs> running my mouth, you okay. know. We did have some other women who are also in the industry, some women who are Latina who are not, some who are mommies who are not. Um, you know, so we had a variety of different women, which was 
it was a success. I'm happy about that. And you, you spoke on what topics? Um, well, we spoke about, you know, obviously the mommies spoke about juggling life. Just, just like I was asked, you know, how do you balance working in the entertainment, working a full-time job, and being a mommy? Um, you know, we spoke about social media and how it's a huge impact on our daily lives today. Um, what else did we speak about? There, there were a few other things. Um, what, you know, uh, I had some hats made that say, create the best version of you. Mm-hmm. So we asked everyone, well, how do you define, you know, creating the best version of you and what inspires you? Um, so those were some topics that we touched on. So, uh, so Jessica, this is this is Coach Ellis again. So you have done what a lot of people want to do. You have been on television. You've been in a pageant. You you essentially you've lived the American dream. Right. Okay. So what's next? So what do you what is your dream to do next? You know, acting has always been my baby, um, and it's a, you know I'm sure people know it's a very very tough industry and I don't want people to think that just because I have been on national television that I'm getting offers left and right that is not the case I still had to start from the bottom up um, and that's okay you know I'm 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 okay with that because I know it takes time it doesn't happen overnight um, but ideally I would love to be acting full-time and I would love to be on a, a TV series more of a comedy TV series like even like a romantic comedy kind of um, TV series so that, that's my main focus. Um, and then, you know, I would love to write a book about my experience and where is Jessica now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, there's that quite a few good. projects that I would love to do. Yeah, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know everything will happen when it's supposed to. I take it day by day. <laughs> so um, I have a question, Jessica. What is the one thing you wish you knew before you got started? In the industry? Yes. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I wish I knew really, really to be patient because, you know, again, I've been in this industry for, you know, since I was 17. And although that, that seems that that is actually really late in like later in life. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of women who, you know, pageants, they grow up doing it. Um, and you know, even with the industry, people started at a really young age. I always started everything at a later age. And I'm going to be 33 next week, and I'm, like, pulling my hair off because, for me, I feel like I'm not 100% stable in this industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm learning to be a lot more patient. And that's just, you know, that's just what it takes. It takes, it takes patience, and you just got to stay humble and, you know, and stay positive. And that's what I've been learning to do more and more each day. So do you have a way that people can follow you just to, to continue to keep up with your journey, social media, website, anything? Absolutely. Um, you can literally just plug in Jessica Castro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I have, you know, the, all those three social media um, platforms. I'm working on a website at the moment. I had one, but I had to take it down because of the show. And then I just discontinued it. So... I'm working on that now. But right now, just social media is the best way. Okay. And they look, they look up your name? Yep. They can just plug in Jessica Castro. All right. <laughs> All right. Not, I don't think it's a really that much of a common name. So I normally am the first one to pop up. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, best of luck with all that you do. Yes. 
Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, you you have one big fan here. I'm a fan too, but so I'm a fan. Coach, oh, I am Coach a fan. Ellis is just like <laughs> I am a fan. Yes, I'm yes, a fan, yes. but I can contain myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I ain't gonna front. I'm a fan. <laughs> you guys are too so funny. the the best of, so best of luck to you. Nikki said hello too as well. Nikki, hey, um, thank you, and thank you, know, thank you to Nikki for even you know plugging me in with you guys. That yes. was amazing of her, you know. So yes. I, I really appreciate that, and She's and hopefully this would be the first of many. So <laughs> yes, all right. Well, you have a good evening. Thank you. You too, guys. Take care. Thank you, you so much. Too. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. I want to ask y'all, did y'all see the lady that was in Canada that was demanding to see the white doctor? Did y'all see no. the video? No. Oh, man. I was hoping y'all saw that video. Did you send it to us? That, that refused her son's medical care? She, it was her son that was holding his chest. He went yeah. to the emergency room. Okay, so a woman who demanded a white doctor to treat her son at a clinic in Canada um, they said it's not an isolated case up there. This this is from a lady who um, is the president-elect of the Ontario Medical Association. In the video, the woman is just basically, she's arguing with the clinic staff several times for a white doctor who doesn't have brown teeth and speaks English to treat her son, who she says has ch- chest pains. So a lot of people, after a while, she kept going in and on. A lot of the, the people that were in the, the, the emergency room started getting on her, you know, why are you being so racist, blah, 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 blah. And then she turned around herself saying, is this what I get for being a white American or being a white Canadian or something like that? Um, so I was just like, I can't believe what it, when they interviewed the lady, she was saying um, that she's seen this a lot through medical school. She said she's seen it through her residency. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on and off through my practice, um, she told Toronto. Sometimes it's openly like I'm not going to see you because you're, you're this skin color or you have this accent. I want to see somebody else. Let so. me let me tell you this. If I'm dying mm-hmm. and you have what I need mm-hmm. to have life, give it to me. Uh-huh. I don't care whether you have four teeth <laughs> or you have a whole mouthful. Uh-huh. I don't care whether you speak English or not. Yeah. But you know you have what I need. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Yeah. Even if it has to be mouth to mouth, give it to me. If it's gonna save your life. If it's right? going to save my life. So this Absolutely. was this was this was the question. I want to know That's have you entitlement. in your journeys ever experienced any type of racism or discrimination <laughs> open like that on your job? Okay. I mean that was just like open. So somebody qualified standing right there and they're like, I want to see somebody. So um so I am a, a therapist okay. and at one point I was working um in children's homes. It's uh-huh. called in home. And um, I wasn't the person who did the assessment at that point, but I was the person who would come and work in your home with your child to save your child's life, Uh especially your children who had suicidal ideation. And I was extremely good at what I did and got a lot of referrals and requests from agencies. And so I went into this home and, you know, when you're pulling up to the house, you kind of get this, this is not going to go well. So the assessor was there and he, you know, he was a different color and the family was the same color as the assessor. When I got out of the car, the father of the client looked at the assessor and said, what are her credentials? Oh. And the young man looked at the father and said, if anybody can help save your daughter, it's Jody." And he listed my credentials. And it was so hard. I was going to say. It was yeah. so hard working with this young lady because the father questioned every mm. single solitary thing I did. And he would call the office to make sure that I was doing what I was supposed to. He would never allow me to have a session with her 
by myself. Um, and when he finally did, there were a lot of things that came out about the house, mm-hmm. what was going on. And so obviously I had to report that. Mm-hmm. And when I did, he told he called my office and told them that he didn't um, want that colored girl coming back to his house Whoa. working with his daughter anymore. And I get that a lot. And it can be a man. Um, and I can be more educated than he is mm-hmm. in certain situations. It doesn't matter. They don't want me. They want him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. What Absolutely. about you, Coach? Oh, man. L- let me list the ways. Yeah. Okay. I was a soldier. Mm-hmm. I was an officer. And I've gone on funeral details where I am the only diversity on the team, but I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. And folks would ignore me and go to one of the privates. As if they're in charge, you know. I, I it's happened. You know, and, and we, we know this. You know, as as African American men, we have to prove our competence. Yeah. Where other people have to prove their incompetence, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that happens in the military, happens in the civilian world. As a pastor, I, I was I was the keynote guy at a conference, mm-hmm. and and folks were not sure I knew what I was talking about, and, and you know I helped write the book, so <laughs> it. it it happens all the time, and, and and the way I look at it, I always look at it this way. If they can't see the value in me, it's their loss. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cause me any heartache. It doesn't cause my feelings to get hurt. You know, I love me some me, and I don't know you well enough to allow you not to love me. Exactly. <sighs> Nikki, have you? Yes. Yeah. In yes. corporate or doing what you're doing now? experience um, being the face for this private client um, they were expecting the client instead of this tall mm-hmm. at that time young black woman mm-hmm. um, but still tall yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely I'll take that but they were expecting I'm just going to go ahead and say it, they were expecting the white man to come in mm-hmm. because he's the one that signs the checks he's the one with the money uh-huh. But little did they know that Nikki Curry was the one that held his checkbook, mm-hmm. held his bank account, and held $20,000 of his money. Mm-hmm. So you had to come through Nikki Curry. <laughs> but once we got over the hump and they were like, oh, Nikki, can you come? Yeah, I can. But it, it just took a while for us to come to an agreement. But it happens. It definitely happens. So when, when you take – when you – encounter these type situations do you take a passive stance on it so you never said anything to him i no, i never had to because you know what will my work spoke for itself okay my work spoke and and that's the thing you know um my my work always speaks Mm -hmm. for itself and the interesting part was was when he found out i was degreed you know he asked well did she you know did she go to um norfolk state oh and he was like no and because it's, it's always, oh, she must have gone to an HBCU mm-hmm. and she's educated. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, she earned her undergrad from ODU mm-hmm. and her master's from Regent. And I, he and I went to Regent at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have to say anything because my work spoke for itself. Yeah. Um, but it was just a sad situation because I had made so much progress with his daughter, more progress than any other therapist who didn't look like me but looked like her had made mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I meet people where they are, and that's a skill that I have. Um, and, I mean, you learn it going through school, but it's also a skill that I have. And and I've learned that I should not ever have to prove that I'm competent just because I'm black. Mm-hmm. So I don't go in 
I go in prepared because I think that's always important. And that doesn't matter uh, what color my client is. It's just who I am, and it's my standard Mm -hmm. of excellence about myself. Um, But I've learned through this process that I always have to be better. I always have to do better. I always have to know more. And he would try to sit down and have conversations with me where he would trip me up. But I know my stuff. When it comes to that, that's my field. It's where all my degrees come from, and I've been in the field since 2003. Um, but I did. So you know. I know. I know my stuff. And when you sit down with me, you know. I don't know. You don't know everything that I know, but you know that I'm a very intelligent, educated black woman, and I take what I do very seriously. And I know my stuff because I know my stuff. Um, but it. I had to learn not to allow it to change the type of service and the excellence in my service that I that I provided to my clients and their families. But it was hard for me. I can imagine. It was I hard. Can imagine. So the, the big thing is that you know, when those things happen, and they will, mm-hmm. and if, if you're an African-American professional, you, you're supposed to expect that, you don't let them get inside your decision. You know, I, I make decisions and I influence people. I don't let people influence me and get inside my decision. So their short-sightedness is not creating an emergency for me. Okay. Let's move back to another relationship question. Let's do that. Kind of attraction question. I want to know, have you ever met somebody and they've, you weren't quite feeling them to start with, but they grew on you. Do you believe like in fungus. people can grow on you, or is it, it has to be that immediate <laughs> attraction? Can people grow on you? Has anybody ever grown on you, Nikki? Yes, if they stop growing. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I should have followed my... Your, your first mind, as right. I said. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I regret it because... So you believe attraction is either there or it's not? It, I do believe that, especially mm. when you get older. Mm-hmm. It's either there. Don't waste each other's time. Mm-hmm. If you know you're not really interested in that person, mm-hmm. don't waste their time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jody, <laughs> Jody, to know that she's glowing. <laughs> but, because I believe, I believe that attraction can grow on you. Okay. And I believe that attraction is different. Are you speaking of just immediate physical attraction, like that person is appealing to my eye? I am you, speaking. Are you speaking to... of that specifically? Let's just say within this meeting that we've had here, if there was somebody in here that perhaps caught your eye, you had time to be around them, so you've seen whatever. Mm-hmm. If, are you feeling them now? Maybe you're not feeling them right now, and maybe you, know, you see them again or over a period of time. I they think, can start to become more appealing to you the more you're around them or something. I think there is, an, for the most part, there is an, an immediate intrigue. But, okay, I, okay. but I have definitely grown mm-hmm. to be more attracted because I um, I love an intelligent man. Mm-hmm. Like, that gets me every time. Like, yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. He needs to be appealing, very hey, appealing to the we, eye. That's our next question, but, too. So, um, yeah. But I love an intelligent man. And just by looking at him, I can't tell if he's intelligent. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't date stupid dudes. And so the only way for me to be able to know that he's intelligent is to get to know him and spend time with him. Mm-hmm. And so out of so attraction grows for me out of that. Um, because I need to be able to sit down with you and have an intelligent conversation on a regular basis in order for me to be stimulated enough to hang around. Okay. Coach? Uh, so I'm going to tell a different story. Okay. Don't tell her. Don't tell mine either. Yeah. My mom and dad have been married for 52 years. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. my whole life and then and some. Yeah, mine and two, and then some. <laughs> so That's what? My, my whole, whole life, life and then some. some. 52 years? Who, yours? Yeah. 
You are not. No. We'll talk about that later, but go ahead. So, anyway, so when they tell the story, uh-huh. my mom wasn't feeling my dad. My mom was actually attracted to my dad's partner mm. um, that, that he was there with. And my dad was actually there hanging out looking for another girl. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> but my mom caught his attention immediately, but my, my mom wasn't feeling him. And 52 years later, they're still together. They're still walking down the street holding hands. Wow. If they had wheelchairs, they'd be wheeling with one hand and holding with the other. And, and so I know that it grows. Uh-huh. And I think what, like what Jody was saying, it grows as you get to know people. You know, we, our, eyes, our eyes will play tricks on us. Mm-hmm. You ever met somebody who just looks real good? Mm-hmm. And then when they open their mouth, you're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. You know? And, and <laughs> you hear the voice, or mm-hmm. you know that, 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 that the hamster's only running at mm-hmm. half speed. Mm-hmm. You know? So... We, our eyes want what our eyes want, but I, it has, the attraction has to grow. Because if it doesn't, You're in right, trouble. when you no longer look good mm-hmm. right. and, no, and, and things happen and life happens, mm-hmm. we won't stick together. I think, in fact, I honestly believe that you, you there's an old song, that you, you, you learn your man as you earn your man, mm-hmm. right? And I think it goes both ways. You learn your woman as you, as you, you earn your woman as you learn your woman. And as you grow older, the attraction grows because I know more and more about you. The, the mystery, while it's coming off, is still more mysterious, more mysterious things about it. I think it grows and grows and grows. And if it doesn't grow, if, it, if it's a hit it and quit it, if it's a one-time thing, if, it, if it's an is or it ain't, then it ain't. Then it ain't. It ain't. Okay. Yeah. You don't like, how, do you, how, do, how do you attract somebody you don't even know? Okay, but we all know physical wear off. I don't... You know, at, at some juncture, I have to know you. Yeah, but if somebody is not physically, if you're not physically attracted to somebody, you're not even going to waste your time. I tell you what, the, my, the, the eyes will play tricks on you. Mm-hmm. There are people, and, and in my practice, I have I have people who said, when I look at them, when you look at them, you're going like, how in the world did that, did that stud end up with her? Mm-hmm. Or how did that start mm-hmm. yeah. with him? Mm-hmm. And when you look at them, they were not physically attracted to each other, but the heart reached out to us to a similar heart. You know what it is? Remember the, remember the movie Happy Feet? Mm-hmm. Okay? The heart song? Mm-hmm. When one person's heart song started singing, to another the other person. one matched their heart song, mm-hmm. and it did not matter how they looked because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And as long as I beholding her, she be beautiful. <laughs> so that has to be in a situation where there's some type of a continued presence where you're interacting on a regular yeah. basis. Because, okay. I get you with that. Day, I, we might have continued interaction, and I, and I find out I thought I liked you, mm-hmm. but I don't. All right. You know, I get that. I yeah, get that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then that carries on to my next question. And so when you're meeting somebody and you get to know that person, what, what are some of the criteria that you look for? Or what's the most important? Do you look for compatibility, financial independence, brains, looks, or is there something else? I know you said you like an intelligent I love man. It. The- the brain is the sexiest organ on a man to me. And I and and if if that's not in full effect, it's hard it really is hard for me to move beyond that. Give, give me give me the t- top 4. Um intelligence. Okay. I want him to be fine cuz you know <laughs> you know I, you know I'm a pretty girl. Uh-huh. And so I want some pretty babies. Uh-huh. Um and I won't have to pray for them okay. while they're in the room. <laughs> okay. So um so I would say uh compatibility values are Mm -hmm. important because sometimes you're going to look at this person and be like, I really don't 
like you mm -hmm. today. But the love, the love needs to last, you know, and friendship. Mm -hmm. You know, I want a man who's going to be my best friend, who mm -hmm. I can be vulnerable and naked and unashamed with and share the deepest fears and insecurities of my heart. And he's not going to exploit them, but he's going to cover them and he's going to protect them while I'm growing through them. There is this song called Insanity that I've listened, that I've heard. And it talks about sometimes as lovers, we break up, mm -hmm. but it's always the friends who fight for the reunification mm -hmm. and of the relationship. And I believe that friendship is absolutely important because if you don't have that, then what happens, you know, what happens when, when something goes down that you have to fight, mm -hmm. you have to fight for who it's easier to fight with a friend than to fight with someone that you don't like. So I would say brains, I would say friendship and looks are are next, and compatibility and values are important to me. All right, so first thing is your heart has to be good toward me. You know, so your heart has to what? Be good toward me. I must be able to trust my heart in your hands. Right. Okay, so. Be your safe place. Yeah, you, you must be my safe place. That when I'm vulnerable, that you don't, you don't call me a punk. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, it has to be a safe place. Uh, number two, for me, I want somebody who who has a good relationship with God. Okay. Okay. Because if nothing else fails, I can, pray I can for go you. to Him, mm -hmm. and He can square you away, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or He can square me away. But the idea that so your heart's good toward me, you have a deep abiding relationship with God, and you are a good person. You know. Um, whether you're smart, whether you got money, with you know all that stuff, that will come and go. But who you are exists. So as, as I'm looking at at Noah us, you have to be able to bring to the table. One of the big things, and probably the fourth thing, is you must be able to have synergy with me. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're whole. I get that. You're whole. Mm -hmm. You come to me whole. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to you whole. So 100 percent of you and 100 percent of me should not equal 200 percent. Mm -hmm. It's 100%. It should equal 250%, 260% because that extra is what we bring to each other that mm -hmm. creates a whole new entity. Mm -hmm. Have you ever found that? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I met her. I was her, the question. And I met her, and she is DAC approved. Really? Okay. So I, I like her. Right. I will say, yes, I is. Okay. I like her. So, so, but when you find the one, okay, you know. You know. You know when you lose the one too. I think you, you do. Yeah. And and if, and if and if you're fortunate enough, and God God smiles on you when you lose the one. Mm -hmm. Twenty years later, He'll bring the one back. Oh, they're older. Though. I don't want. I don't want to lose. I don't have twenty one years. Nope. What do you say? What you think? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna choose to answer this question. I think my number one is. What is my number one? You have to be loyal. You have to really be loyal to me. And that's mm -hmm. across the board. Yeah. You have to present well. Not necessarily you have to be fine, but you need to be able to, you have to have a good personality. Um, you know, present well across the board. It doesn't necessarily have to be your aesthetics. You don't have to be like fine as far as physically, but at least present neat and well. Um, you have to be ambitious. You have to be beyond ambitious. You have to be super ambitious. Because um, I want our life, and I don't want anybody who's trying to mooch off that. I want somebody who's going to bring as much energy to. As I do. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be a spiritual person. You don't have to be church or anything like that, 
but you have like you said you have to have a relationship with God mm-hmm. but you know one thing that, that's important also is I have to be able to hear your voice so when you speak to me mm-hmm. when you have when you find the one that person can say things to you that people have been saying to you forever and you get you it finally get it and you get it you will get it and you'll hear you'll get it yep. and you'll want to get it and yep. that's the other thing for me uh-huh. will I want a man who makes me want to be a better woman I, I want I want a, a man who is so anointed for me that he makes me want to step up my game in every area of my life and not be complacent and not and not settle and become comfortable because I don't want a man who becomes comfortable you know and the finances are important when I was in my 20s you know I would tell people the light gets cut off that's a whole nother story but now that I'm grown, uh, no, sir. But I want to build that empire with you. You don't have to come to me with the empire fully established. I want to build it with you because I think there's so much, there's so many lessons in in that fight together and in the daily struggle of of building what it is you dream of having mm-hmm. and, and having and what it is I dream of having. But I need a man who can challenge me because I'm a handful mm-hmm. and I'm my yeah, daddy's no. baby girl, mm-hmm. you know, and I need a man who can say no and look at me and mean it, and and not let me get my way because I'm cute, or because I ask him nicely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and I think in the movie, as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson says that line, Mm -hmm. because when she says, you're not going to sleep with me, I'm not going to date you, why do you keep bothering me? He says, because when I'm with you, you make me want to be a better man. And one of the things we talk about on the rules, that's how you know you found the one. When she makes you want to be a better man or when he makes you want to be a better woman mm-hmm. in all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Julie, I think you hit it right on the head because without that, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. And that's so important to me, that a, a man who can help me become better, yep. not just for him and not just for our relationship, but even for, my, even for myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, that, is so, that is so important. That's it so important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to see, because I've been trying to get this one narrowed off. Nikki, what are the top <laughs> four things I need to look for? Yeah, let Let's us know. Let us know, Nikki. Oh my God! Because we love you, and you're a good woman. Yeah. Oh, I, you guys hit. And I got prospects for you. <laughs> I mean, you guys actually hit everything on the head. Everything that you've said, I. That's what I think. But allow me to add one component. I would love a man with warmth that makes me smile on the inside, makes your heart sing. Mm. Yes, and. Yeah. If he can make me smile on the inside just by showing up, he's got you. He has me. I mean, he has me. And and the thing is, while he's making me smile on the inside, he needs to have a little edge with him because I'm not your cookie cutter kind of girl. Okay? You got to have a little edge with you. You got to have something about you that make me go, mm. So you like him in a suit, but with a little bit of thug? Exactly. Because that's how I like him. Actually, that's exactly what it is. Ever since I was 16 years old, a man with a shirt and tie on, a professional man, a businessman, a man with power. And influence. And influence. You Mm -hmm. have to have something, a personal power, Mm -hmm. or you have to have something that you are respected, loved, and you actually make an impact. Mm -hmm. That's attractive to me. So so let me ask a question. Oh, Lord. I need y'all to pray for me. I, I, I saw this, and... And when I first saw it, it, it struck me as odd. Mm-hmm. But then when I talked to women, they say absolutely. So I saw a video where uh, it was over in England, I think, and, and these w- we women were talking. 
And this one woman said, I want a guy who can tell me no, exactly. and I listen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know what? Because when the storms of life are raging, he's the type of man who's going to take charge Mm -hmm. and he's going to cover you. And you and you will be able to trust that he's going to cover you. And there may be a piece that you play in that covering, but he's going to cover you and protect you. Mm -hmm. But that's how you know, because he can say, no, I no, not today, not that, not right now. And you know that he's saying it because it's good for you, because that's the best decision for you and Mm -hmm. where he's trying to take you. And then allow me to add, Jody, as as the two women in this group, and if he's not able to do that, we will run all over him. Mm -hmm. Strong women? Gladly. Gladly. Mm -hmm. Happily. We will run over him, cheat on him, whatever. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But... (laughs) Right, because some women will. It's true. Because some women will. Because that's what we really want. Because every woman wants to feel safe, right. secure, exactly. and protected. And protect. So, okay. Tell me so, no. So what's the borderline between being deemed controlling? Is when you don't he doesn't hear your voice. See, here's here's my thing. So there are gonna be absolutely things that he should be in charge of. Okay. Because he's much wiser. He has more experience, and that's his area of mm-hmm. expertise. Okay. And then there should be some things that he knows, you know what, this, this is something she's good at. This mm-hmm. is where she's gifted. This is where she's graced. Okay. Let me listen to her, and let me take this into, per, into account before we make a decision or before I make a decision. Because okay. he's going to have to be the head of my household okay. before he makes a decision. But he's willing to listen to my voice, mm-hmm. and, he, and he listens to me as a balancing he balances off of me because let's face it, we love you all, but you all don't see a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> you miss, you miss Especially it sometimes. Other women. Can you say that again? Always when it comes to other women, but you miss things, and so that's why God said I'm creating a, suita- a suitable helpmate because He knew that you all were gonna need somebody to be your eyes and ears, and so that is absolutely um, important. See, and what's important about that? important about that is that, that when, when even on a show with clients trying to help guys understand there's a difference between being abusive and being firm. Oh, absolutely. And, and the idea is that she will always respect a man who will tell her no mm-hmm. provided that she know she knows he will only tell her no when he has when to. When he has to. Not because, not because he can. Not because he can. But because he must. Be- because and, he must. And she trusted him. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's, that's so very important. It is absolutely so very important. important. Okay. You know, we're going to take a quick, com- we've been talking a while. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come up with some closing questions. Okay? Okay. All right. So you're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. Have you seen Dr. Roberts about that sore in your mouth? Nah. No, I'm sure it'll go away. But it's been weeks. It could be oral cancer. Mouth cancer? Yeah. I read that it's more common in African-American men than in any other group. All right, all right, I'll make an appointment. Do you have a tough guy in your house? Make sure he sees a doctor or dentist if he has a sore in his mouth that lasts more than two weeks. If it is oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. 
Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make. It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders, and now your focus is supporting this child. There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Everyone is talking about health care these days. America spends twice that of other developed countries on our health care system, yet our health ranks near the bottom. How can we stop spending so much and getting so little? Shifting to a system based on primary care can help fix the problem. Patients with a primary care doctor live longer, healthier lives and are less likely to suffer from cancer, heart disease, or stroke. Primary care that is comprehensive and coordinated also saves money. Patients who have a primary care doctor spend 30% less on health care than patients who don't. States with a high number of primary care doctors have lower health care costs and higher quality care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. You're now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face now, It. We're in the studio with the American Migraine Foundation. It's an app. <laughs> That's okay. We're in the studio with Jody Slaughter and Coach Ellis Crum and Miss Nikki Curry, who's on the... Nikki Curry! She's still learning. God bless her. <laughs> I think she did well tonight. She did good. She did good. Now, she yeah. did good. I'm, I'm watching. In the words of your old preacher, she done good. She done good. She done good. Okay, so we're, we haven't had an intimate expressions mm. part of the show in a while, a couple of weeks. Um, that's basically when I interview you guys. Right. Just to get into your head. Um, I'm going to do a speed round, but it's going to be last. But I want to ask each of you a question that's going to cause you to think. Both of you guys are highly intelligent, so it should be a breeze. She's more intelligent than me. Well, true. No, she's oh. <laughs> okay. Look, okay. So, Coach, I'm going to ask you this question. It's not right. going to be the same question. Okay. So, Coach, on a road trip with any person, dead or alive, who would you want to travel with and why? Oh, uh, so you, you don't get me in trouble. <laughs> this was two years ago, I would have said Janet Jackson. Janet? Why? Oh, man. I, I've, I've had it for Janet. Like Her whisper. Ever. I mean, okay. You know, that's ever. what I used to be called when I was younger. Janet. Miss Jackson. Yes. Because I but, used to look like her. But if I if I could, if I could go on in, with anybody uh-huh. on a road trip, mm. you know, I would say 
Nelson Mandela. I really wanted a chance to, to talk with Nelson Mandela. Okay. Any particular why? Reason well, why? Well, hmm. you know, he was in prison like what forever. Mm-hmm. Then True. he came back to be president of the country. True. Um, you know, in my lifetime, you know, I, I'm, I was born in 1966. Mm. It was past, it was past the civil rights era. So, this is a chance to see a real life civil rights fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, in a context that I understand. I mean, I've met the other civil rights giants, but, you know, that was before my time and not really in the context that I understand. I understand the whole apartheid thing. And uh, so I would I would love to have met uh, Nelson Mandela. And Jody? Yes? If you never had to work again mm-hmm. and everybody adored you as you are, what would you spend your days doing to feel most fulfilled and most alive? What I'm doing now. So um, I'm, a, I'm a, a coach and a consultant, even though I don't call myself that anymore. I say I'm a lifestyle architect. And I would, um, I would go around um, speaking on empowerment, teaching people how to start businesses and run their businesses and create, um, create financial freedom for themselves and for generations to follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So now with, we have like what, a minute left in the show. I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds. Now I'm going to ask you questions. I just want you to name the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Don't think about it. Uh-oh. Just 30 seconds. And we're going to start with, okay, I have a number in my mind. Coach, okay. give me a number between 1 and 20. 7. Okay. Give me a number between 1 and 20. 3. Oh, man, y'all, I, I named 5. Y'all the same. Okay. So we're going to go with ladies. Yeah, 5 too? Okay. So, so Joe, we're going to start with you, Jody. Okay. okay. Ladies first. Ladies first. Okay. Because I'm a lady. You ready? Yes. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite song? Uh, when Doves Cry. Your best quality? My smile. Call or text? Call. Dress up or dress down? Up with some nasty shoes. Ooh, nasty heels. stilettos. Okay. Early bird or late owl? Early bird. Cats or dogs? Dogs. I'm allergic to cats. Money or fame? Both. <laughs> Just not at the same time. Saver or spender? Save, saver, except on my shoes. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> and food. And food. Think before you talk or talk before you think. Mm. I talk before I think most of the times, unless I'm in a professional capacity, and then I think first. Last movie you saw? Wonder Woman. Ooh, biggest fear? Dying without fulfilling my purpose. Ooh. And favorite thing to do in spare time? Hang with my family and friends while listening to music and eating. All right. Coach? Yes. Biggest turn off? <laughs> Ratchetness. Biggest turn on? Ooh. Uh, non-ratchetness. <laughs> <laughs> quick, 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 quick. All right. Sensuality. Okay. First thing you do when you wake up? Uh, shower. Rub his hair. Favorite thing to do in your spare time? Jazz music. High salary or job satisfaction? Job satisfaction. What phrase do you use the most? <laughs> if you know the rules, you won't get played. Okay. <laughs> and would you rather take the pick or be in the pick? Take the pick. Zodiac sign? Cancer. And give me three wishes. Um, transformational conversations, okay. the rules, and the pastor again. All right. Thank you both for coming on the show. I appreciate well, it. Thank you so for much. having me, Will. Having me, Will. So what's going on with the rules? What's, what, where so, where so are we? We're, we're, uh, for the television shows, both Richmond and 
Hampton Roads, we're on hiatus okay. as, as we're building up to the next season. Okay. Uh, radio shows are going every Thursday night. And how can they tune in to listen to? They can tune in on blogtalkradio.com, uh, Survival uh, Radio Network. Okay. All right. All right. 7.30 Thursday nights. Does anybody have anything they need to announce? I just want to say if you are a small business owner or entrepreneur living in the Hampton Roads area, I assist in running a networking group. Um, called Profit Partners, mm-hmm. and you can find us at ProfitPartnersToday.com, and we can help you take your business from where you are to where you want to be. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Nikki, again, thank you so much for coming on and doing everything that you're doing. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. We're going to work on you. something real big soon. We talked about the day. I'm excited about that. So I have to get these 10 pounds yeah. off me. We're going to get busy yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So until next week, everybody, be blessed. for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Please be sure to visit us on the web at letsfaceitradio.com and at Let's Face It Radio on Facebook for the latest in show information and exciting, innovating ways that you can be a part of the show. So tune in next week, same place, same time, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multi-purpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multi-purpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519.